What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Small Business Tech Insights with Sam from Samuel Warren Consulting. Before we start the show, I just want to remind you, if you have any show ideas, please shoot me an email, sam at samuelwarrenconsulting.com. That would be great. I'll be happy to take your uh, suggestions for shows just to talk about my experience with something or even just to research and look into uh, some of the work that I have done. So if you're interested in that, please make yourself available to that. Uh, Also, quick side note, I have been working uh, diligently to get this podcast up on other services. I have it on Spotify right now. Uh, I also have it on Apple Podcasts, and I just released it to Google Podcasts last week, and it should be past the caching window at this point. Uh, So feel free to try and find me there. Uh, And if you don't see me on your favorite podcasting service, feel free to reach out to me, let me know, and I'll see what I can do. With that being said, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. You guys are what makes up my, um, really my business um, and also this new podcasting venture, just talking about small business and trying to demystify some of the things that people have uh, feelings about with uh, business and think that it's just way too crazy, way too busy. Um, They can't figure it out. Um, Just trying to take some of that confusion and frustration and such out. All right, so what we're talking about today is pricing our products. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, Sam, what is it you sell? You're a consultant, right? Um, And while this is fairly recent, I think this is episode number four, maybe episode number five in my podcasting series, um, it's actually very, very high and important priority, more so than even what you use. You need to figure out how you're going to charge your customers and sort of figure out what kind of range or what kind of options or things like that that go along with that, sort of the pricing bundle, so to speak, of how you're going to charge for your business. Now, what's interesting to me is there's no manual that talks about this stuff. There's no, uh, hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do this. Hey, you really shouldn't do this. But the only thing that people can agree on is that you should not overcharge your customers, right? But finding that minimum balance, um, like what you should charge your customers, is sort of a bit of a guessing game. Uh, It depends a lot on the market that you're in, what exactly you're doing within that market, and how you... Uh, plan to market yourself going forward. Uh, If you overcharge from the get-go, that could irreparably harm your business. Nobody's going to be able to pay. But if you undercharge, people will think that you're just poor quality, that you're the McDonald's or the, you know, the Wendy's or the Burger King of your industry. And so finding that right balance is really the challenge. Now, when I started um, probably about 2016-ish, I was... Before I had my business license, I was approached by uh, a business owner that was at the same church that my wife and I were going to. And uh, he's like, hey, this computer can't connect to the internet. Can you maybe come by? Um, and then also, uh, if, if you solve this and you decide you want to do more, come up with the pricing that, you're, you know, that you feel comfortable with and send it over to me and we'll just pay you by the hour whenever you come out and check it out. And that really gave me the idea for this business. Um, basically, I did. I hadn't planned on actually building it out until uh, my wife and I started coming back down south to uh, the Puyallup area and um, 
looking for churches again. And the church that we started going to at the time was like, hey, so our tech people, we don't have anybody. Our old worship pastor was our tech guy, and he didn't know tech like at all. We could use your help. Can you come in? That I was reminded of this original conversation in like 2016 from this guy of, hey, you know, you can just monetize the number of hours that you spend working. And just, I mean, that's the nice thing about that kind of a service is that it's pure profit, right? You don't have to pay anything extra um, for products that are involved in that. It's just pure profit. You're coming in and working. Now, at the time, um, the, the business model didn't really exist. I didn't really know how to charge for anything. I didn't really know what to do. But I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, you know, $40 an hour. That's what I do. If that's okay with you guys, then cool. If not, then, you know, we'll, we'll talk. And then initially I had the concept of, well, maybe I'll do a $40 an hour for referrals. So like if you're uh, somebody that refers somebody, you can get a 10% discount and do, you know. So my original website, which was a really terrible Google Sheets website, just a one pager that had a contact link on it. Um, I think I went to a Google Forms, which then emailed me. Um, that website was um, I'm talking about my pricing model, which was you know, it's $50 an hour, but if you uh, refer me to somebody else, I'll permanently discount your rate to $40 an hour, which is like a 10% discount. So that was uh, that was my original rate. And then I decided somewhere along the way, that's really just convoluted. I'm just going to make it a lot simpler. But all of this didn't really come together to what my current modeling is and how I charge my customers until uh, this last year. I, uh, I was doing an install for another client and uh, this other client was like, hey, you know, I was at the place that you're at. He, um, this, this client owns a small business as well. And he's like, at some point, I was trying to figure out how to charge people and start out on my own and do all this stuff. And I started realizing that there's a lot of hidden costs and little things that come up that I could actually, instead of just taking it as a business expense, I could actually kick that cost back to my customers as part of the standard operating fee. And, you know, it's like if you are finding yourself constantly buying a box of screws for your job, it's like, I know you don't necessarily because you don't really use screws, but if you're finding yourself buying a box of uh, Ethernet cable for a job or buying a bunch of Ethernet cables for this, you know, for this, this job, just kick the cost back to the customer and round it up, you know, if, if it's a $5 cable, round it up to 10. Not only will that get you a little, just a tiny bit extra profit to make the, the job a little bit better for you, like the pay a little bit better for you, but it will help with any additional costs on other stuff. So that that way, if you decide, maybe I'm not gonna charge another customer for this, um, then you'll have that extra money available. Uh, the other thing he said, if you're not already doing it, start taking uh, sales tax as part of it because people expect to pay sales tax and you have to pay sales tax uh, based off of your uh, your income to the Department of Revenue in Washington State. So um, you, basically it's like if you make over a certain amount in Washington State and you don't spend over a certain amount, then you have to pay uh, uh, basically an excise tax for your business. And then of course you have federal taxes as well. So there's, you know, there's all sorts of tax. The government wants to take their pound of flesh as the saying goes. But the, uh, the important thing to remember is that as you're pricing, you want to understand your customers, right? So where I am, where my sort of niche is, is people that don't know anything 
about internet technology, don't really know much about computers, but they know enough to know that they need a computer and they just don't really know what to do. So my goal is to basically come in at a reasonable price, give them some advice if they need it, um, help them figure out how to um, purchase or set up or whatever their internet and then make it just easier for them. Um, and all that being said, I do that. And the most uh, most work I've done in the last year and a half, since basically since COVID started, has been installing internet in people's homes. Now you may think, Sam, why are you installing internet in people's homes and not, um, you know, saying, oh, you're replacing their cable modem or their uh, their their other modem, their uh, broadband modem with CenturyLink or uh, whoever, and putting in a um, stronger Wi-Fi access point or whatever, you know, why are you using a more generalized term like internet instead of something specific like access point or modem? And really it comes down to branding, right? People don't really know or really care about what a modem is or unless they're, you know, back in the day when they had a dial-up modem, they don't really care about that stuff. Uh, or know about that stuff. They just want to know, I need internet in my house. I've got a dead spot in my bedroom and our Comcast X-Pod that we paid $40 for is not working at all. And so I go in and I explain to them, yeah, it's because it's a hot pile of garbage. Um, Comcast even knows this. Their technicians tell you, hey, don't buy the X-Pods. They're worthless. They're just a marketing thing. The way I explain it to all my customers is, think of it like you're playing telephone, you know, like that old school kids game where you whisper stuff in somebody's ear. Well, your modem is yelling at this X-Pod from across the room. They're not actually communicating with each other directly, they're yelling at each other. And the X-Pod from across the room is basically just taking what it thinks it hears and yelling it as loud as it can, right? It, it doesn't really actually tell you that, you know, you're connected to the internet. It just sort of tells you. And of course, I mean, if it's closer to the, the thing, if it's closer to the modem, then yeah, it'll, it'll work better, but it's still not very good. Um, and most of the systems that I put in people's houses are what's called mesh units. Uh, mesh units are basically just the same kind of concept as a repeater or an X-Pod, but they have a dedicated communication line that's not on the same web frequency as the Wi-Fi is. So Wi-Fi runs generally at 2.4 and 5 gigahertz frequencies. 2.4 gigahertz is wider band and goes farther distance, but generally speaking is more susceptible to interference from things like microwaves and telephone, like hard school, hard uh, old school landlines. See what I did there? I started calling them hard school. <laughs> um, and though that can interfere with the web connectivity. Now, a lot of older devices are still running on that 2.4 gigahertz protocol. And that's okay. Five gigahertz is, uh, it's a little bit more stable and a little stronger, in it, but it's a little bit shorter range. So you wanna be able to cover both ranges. Well, most of the newer mesh systems, whether it be your TP-Link or your Google Nest or uh, some of the stuff that I typically use, which I'll talk about in a future episode from a company called Ubiquity or Amplify, um, the Amplify product, they all use a different wireless frequency to communicate with each node on the mesh unit to make your uh, house basically just work better. Now I have one that I put into my house that I recommend all the time. I've, the, the downside is it costs about 450 bucks um, before I do any sort of a markup. 
and um, this thing. I mean, if, if you have a product that you can tell somebody, yeah, I use that in my house, it's amazing, it works well, that goes really well to, to spur on a level of trust. Speaking of trust, really that's what you're trying to sell when you sell products in a business-focused, service-focused job. You're trying to sell a level of trust that you are who you say you are, that you know what you're doing, and that you're going to do it right no matter how long it takes. So really, it comes down to finding a right price like we were talking about earlier. And for me, that was around $40. I just made it simpler. And then what I started doing is I started, instead of giving people a link on Amazon and telling them, hey, buy all the stuff on this list and I'll come over and install it. I started saying, no, I'll buy all the stuff for you. Um, I'll take a look at your house um, and I'll figure out what the best possible thing is for your house. And, you know, we'll talk some things over and figure out what your use case is. And then I'll help make a decision uh, based on, you know, what your cost um, tolerance is, like what, what, what you can afford more so than even what the best product is. It's more about, in my case, finding the best bang for your buck, especially since I know all of the people that I'm installing for. Um, it's not just some random person that found me on the internet so far. It's been all word of mouth connections with people that I know. And I talk to these people regularly. I don't want to have them mad at me because I oversold them on something that I would rather use and deal with instead of finding the best deal for them. And that goes into it as well. So I charge basically $40 an hour for my base labor. Uh, and then what I do is I'll purchase the devices and then I'll throw a, basically a 20% markup on top of that. So I try to find it for fairly cheap. Usually I'll try to go to the distributor's website and buy it there if I can. If I can't buy it there, then I'll just buy it off of Amazon, buy the, you know, the best priced one and have it all shipped to my house. I'll prep it and... Uh, basically schedule a time once it comes in to go over and actually do the install. Now, I've gotten it down to the point where I know that Comcast is gonna be the longest part of the job. If Comcast takes more than an hour, it's gonna take more than an hour. Uh, if uh, CenturyLink takes more than an hour, it's gonna take more than an hour to do the job. But if I'm basically just adding on to an existing network or replacing their Wi-Fi, maybe they already have their own cable modem or their own uh, DSL modem, and they don't want to pay, you know, an extra for a replacement, then that I can get done and easily in an hour. It's just a matter of making the two sets of devices talk to each other. Uh, and again, I'll go over in the products that I use um, and recommend podcast, why I use what I use and how it makes it easier. Uh, so long story short, I basically then mark up for that and mark up on any products that I need to use to install. So if I need to run uh, an ethernet cable, like punch it through a wall, run it out of their house and uh, punch it into another wall, I already have a box of ethernet cable. I might use that or I might just say, hey, I need you to purchase a 150 foot ethernet cable um, as part of this. And then I charge them for that with the markup. And then maybe I'll charge them for a box of, or like a tube of caulking and um, some uh, you know ethernet cable staples that you can staple uh, stuff in so that it moves and it secures it to the wall. I, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here. Uh, but basically the idea is you charge people only for what they need and then you, um, you, know, you do a little bit of a markup on top of that. It gives you a little bit of a convenience fee. 
Now, another thing that I do, which I have not had to do yet, uh, is I have a restocking fee. Uh, so basically, I instead of giving a full refund, um, I will basically give the customer a refund on products minus a uh, 20%, an additional 20% uh, restocking fee. Most likely because basically what will end up happening is I'll have to resell it uh, or store it in my house and reuse it. And so eventually if, uh, you know, if I do my job right, I won't ever have to return this stuff, right? Um, unless there's an issue. But that's that's really the goal. Um, and now, if you ask um, other consultants, hey, how much do you charge? Most of them will charge probably in the neighborhood of 100 to $125 an hour. The reason that I don't is because of where I live. I'm in a very rural area. Um, yes, there's a lot of people, and yes, there's a lot of people that do have money because they commute to you know Facebook or Microsoft or wherever up in the, the north end. But they live out in Puyallup for a reason, right? They live out in the suburbs for a reason. It's because it's a cheaper cost of living than living in downtown Seattle. And so while they have money, the reason they're out here is not to spend all their money on a tech install. So the goal here is basically just, you know, hey, I'm willing to flex and do whatever. I can do stuff for you. You can do stuff. Um, just let me know. But here's my basic hourly rate. Beyond that, if you want me to purchase stuff for you, I can do that. And this is what I'll typically do. Um, one area that I'm just starting to get into is uh, ring installations. Um, so, you know, like ring video doorbells and ring cameras. The reason that I am not actually choosing to purchase those for the customer is, one, I don't really know what they want. If they just want a doorbell, that's easy enough. But I don't really know if I'm going to get the right thing that they want. And two, I mean, they can go to Costco and get it for cheaper. So, you know, buy however much you want, I'll install it for you. But three, uh, it's actually a direct competitor to a system that I use. And if I can talk them into the system that I use, um, then it's, you know, better sales for me. So basically, I'm just saying, yeah, I can install that. Um, if you ask me, is that the best product? Not really, um, because the, the security is not the best. Um, but, you know, it's a well-recognized well brand. It's really easy to set up but most people don't have the time or the knowledge to really think about it. So I'm offering that as well now um, as sort of a, a basically another business model approach. It's like, hey, if you have tech that you want me to install, then cool. The other thing is um, not being afraid to branch out. That's really what this gets down to. Uh, if you just stay in your lane, you will not ever make any money because eventually uh, you will either run out of marketing so that nobody knows you exist anymore again, or you'll work yourself out of a job because all the people that you know needed help now have been helped, and they aren't going to do anything else for years. I mean, if you did your job right, then you're looking for new customers all the time. So it's really coming down to basically uh, being willing to branch out into other areas. Now, one area that I just recently started branching out into is device recycling. Um, and so like, uh, uh, have somebody give me a phone, like, Hey, this contractor left this phone on our, at our building. Um, we don't have a use for it. We know that you'll take it and do something with it. Um, you know, can we give it to you? Yeah, sure. I'll take your phone. Um, but here, sign this waiver. I just recently realized, you know what? I should have a waiver that says we won't hold you responsible. If you take this device and throw it away, um, we're not going to want it back. We don't, I mean, we're giving it to you basically. 
And so that gives me flexibility in a couple areas. One, if somebody gets rid of something fairly new that's still in good shape, I might be able to use it or I might be able to resell it. Or two, uh, if I do need to recycle it and it costs some money, um, I can write that off as a business expense, uh, but I can also maybe use those devices. So the thought occurred to me, somebody was working on a computer and the computer was being replaced because they got the, the business got a grant for new computers. And so it was like, well, you know, hey, when you're ready to get rid of that thing, let me know. I'll go ahead and recycle it directly for you. And I'm thinking to myself, shoot, I can just replace the screen on that thing and I'll be in good shape. Um, and that will basically give me a brand new, you know, computer that just has a replaced screen that still will work for years to come. And so that's a kind of a concept that I just came up with. And so it's important to think through all of these different pieces, right? So I'm sort of rambling here. The whole point of today was uh, pricing your products, right? So uh, if I could leave you with three final thoughts, I would say it's this. One, understand what you're selling. If you're just selling pure labor, find a price that works in your area with your customer base in your market, right? So for me, it's that $40 an hour price range. That doesn't really work super well if you consider, you know, other things, but that's about what I get paid for my primary job for gross anyway. And so it's, it sort of works for me. Uh, it makes it just profitable enough to keep the business going, but not uh, so profitable that I have to hire and quit my primary job. It just sort of scratches the itch to help people while still maintaining my business costs and um, maintaining the services that I need to maintain. Two, uh, understand that uh, you're only as good as your uh, willingness to be honest and truthful and forthright. So people will buy not just because uh, you're cheap. Some people will buy because you're cheap, but not just because you're cheap. It's because you're a good worker. Uh, it's because you have the ability to work really well with people or you have uh, the ability to work um, and get the job done quickly and in a good, high-quality service. You know, of all the people that I have installed for, a few of them have contacted me here and they're like, hey, we've got this issue. Can you tell us what's going on? Sometimes I'll troubleshoot and find out that it's, you know, it's Comcast. Sometimes it's stuff that I did. Maybe I didn't do something right the first time. Uh, but if I did my job right, they're not calling me at all. And that's the vast majority of my customers. Unless there's a problem, they don't call me. And then they know that I'll look into stuff remotely for free for life, basically. As long as they have my system installed in their house, they don't have to worry about me uh, charging them for support remotely. It's only if I go back out there. And I think the final thought that I want to leave you with is um, really think through how to expand your business in a cost-affordable way, right? We talked in one of the other shows about looking for low-cost solutions. Well, you need to do that for your business too. Um, there are some things that you can't skimp on, right? Like you, if you need to buy a computer, you need to buy a computer. If you need to buy uh, a phone, you need to buy a phone. And those are business expenses. Now you may have to wait a little bit, limp through until you get enough money from your business to do that. But the nice thing is, at least in this current environment, you can write those off as business expenses uh, and keep track of all that. Um, and you need to really make sure that what you are doing uh, is flexible enough for you, but also rigid enough that your customers know they can't talk you out of what you're doing. 
uh, you don't want a customer to come in and try and downcut your salary because they don't want to pay the price. They either need to pay the price or find somebody else. That's really what you got to get down to. And, and you don't really approach them like that. You know, if you have somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, you know, are you sort of firm on that $40 price tag? Yes, that's, you know, that's my standard hourly rate. Um, if you want some advice, I can give you some advice. We can do it over coffee. I'll buy. And then, of course, you can mark that off. It's a business expense because you're talking business. Uh, but if they want you to do it, you need to be firm with it. And most people won't mess with you that way once they know that your rate is that, especially friends. They know that you're trying to make a living too. They know that it's your business. Um, so I, I would really uh, make sure that you are setting that boundary and really thinking through all of these different aspects. That being said, I just want to thank you so much for listening to um, sort of the pricing your products and just sort of generally talking about the business aspect and, and all of it. I uh, really appreciate you listening, and uh, you can check out my website anytime, samuelwarrenconsulting.com, for all of the things that I do, um, and uh, I'd be happy to engage with you if you need help. Um, again, reach out to sam, samuelwarrenconsulting.com. Thank you so much.